Welcome to See Beneath Your Beautiful, where guests share stories of adversity and perseverance, which inspire, encourage, and challenge us. We embrace these tough conversations, intimately exploring our loves, fears, and hopes with a delicious combination of depth and lightness. Well, hello, and I am so excited to be here, Hara. It is so exciting to be on your show because I am such a big fan. I've listened to a couple of your podcasts and I love them. Anyways, my name is Tip Meta. I am a motivational, inspirational coach and mindset worker. I am here to help everybody grow and bring back their happy. And how did you get into the work? You know, I kind of fell into it. What happened was I was in the financial industry. And even though I was in finances, I didn't do a whole lot of the financial aspect. I did a lot of the training, training the teams and whatnot. And during that time, I really deep dove into personal development. I loved it from the moment that I was introduced to it. And I was always one of those people who thought I didn't like reading. Like, you know, people are like, oh, I love fiction. I love this. I just couldn't get into books. And I thought there was something wrong with me until I ran into personal development. And I picked up a book and I read cover to the end in a matter of hours. And then I became bedridden. I got sick, exhausted. My body started shutting down and I was bedridden for a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so when that happened, my brain just went everywhere. It went to all the negative spaces. I didn't know what happiness was anymore. I couldn't function. I felt like the world was just this black hole and my body was giving up on me. And during that time, about three months in, I decided I don't want to live this way anymore. So I decided I needed to read some more personal development books, get my mind out of this, because if I kept in this funk, Mm -hmm. my life was going on a downward spiral. So I did. I picked up a few more books. I listened to YouTube and I actually did the work, which is the hardest part. (laughs) And from there, it just spiraled me into an upward direction. I got out of finances. During that time, I got a divorce Mm -hmm. and I became homeless. How old were you around this time? I was 27. And how old are you now? I am 33. Uh, What were you bedridden with? It was fibromyalgia mixed with pure exhaustion. So the fibromyalgia and exhaustion was kind of leading to adrenal failures. And with that, it made my body shake. It just wouldn't shut off. It's kind of like when you park a car and you put it on park, it still goes, right? Yeah. And then you shut it off and the engine just completely stops. But my car was on all the time. Mm-hmm. It started shutting down my body. I was also working at a school at that time. I was an instructional aide. And the principal comes by and he goes, Tip, are you okay? You're limping. He said, I'm not limping. I'm fine. And I didn't realize what was even happening. 
it was just my legs started shutting down. I started limping. I couldn't walk. And then just other parts of my body just stopped functioning. I finally went to the doctor and she says, well, your body is just on overdrive and you need to stop. Wow. So because you were bedridden, did that inspire the divorce? I was actually unhappy for years, but he was my high school sweetheart. Mm -hmm. We had been together for 12 years and I just wasn't completely happy with him, but I wasn't completely dissatisfied. And it finally got to a point, this was after I had healed from being bedridden about a year or two after, I decided that I wanted more out of my life. Mm -hmm. And I was tired of being just in a mediocre position. Yeah, I get that. When I left my first husband, I remember him saying to me, you've changed. We had been together 12 years. And I was like, and you haven't. If you're both not on the same trajectory, that can mess up a marriage. (laughs) Absolutely. I even went to personal development classes with him. But there was that difference of implementation and no implementation. Yeah. What do you think made all the work stick for you? Or what made you want to do the work? Because it took me till about my mid 40s, I would say, to really, really start doing the work. What was it for you that made the difference? I just wanted more out of my life. I was tired of being sick and tired. I was constantly spinning my wheels and nothing was happening. Mm. I just got to that point where I just told myself, I'm done with this. I can't live this way anymore. And something's got to change. And I made a lot of changes. Like what? Besides the marriage, I became homeless. And that was a big change for me because that led me into a huge gratitude state. Yeah. And it pushed me to work even harder to build up my life again, savings and doing a job that I actually wanted to do. So I was in affiliate marketing for a while. And that just made me realize even more that I loved personal development. Mm Mm-hmm. Because all of the courses that I was looking at were personal development courses. I just absorbed all the information. Yeah. You can't stop once you start. Oh, I became so obsessed. How do you help others? So right now I am actually doing a group coaching. I started this beta group with these eight women that are in the group and They're going through my online course. It's self-paced. So they're doing that. And then they're building their friendships with each other. And we're kind of working as a group right now. Really neat. And then I have a book coming out real soon. That'll help with that as well. What's the book about? It's about my life and how I got over all the mess ups that happened. Another big thing that happened was my daughter is four years old right now. She's special needs. She has cerebral palsy. She's technically listed as quadriplegic Mm. and she has some vision impairments. She's a little bit of a ball of a mess right now, but she really changed my life too, because up until that time that she was born, I was working, but I wasn't really working towards something bigger. I was just working to make money and to start saving and all that stuff. But 
when she was born and she had these disabilities, it made me go, well, I actually have to be there for her and stay home with her and take care of her. So I had to also find something that allowed me to do that. Yeah. The person who recommended you for the podcast was saying that you have the most positive attitude, even though you've been through so much. What do you think keeps your positive attitude? I just didn't want to live that way. Mm -hmm. It really comes down to I'm done being the victim. I'm done with all those things. But it's the knowledge that I learned from all the personal development that really helped me to realize what I'm doing. Because someone can be a victim, but not know that they're a victim. Mm. Because sometimes you're in the frame, you're in the picture frame. So if you're in the picture frame, you can't exactly look out and see what's around you. Yeah. That's my motivator to keep doing the positivity. And there's no point in dwelling in the negativity. And the energy in this world is an accumulation of all of us combined what our thoughts are and if your thoughts are negative all the time that's what you're going to attract I was done attracting that for so many years my story was my mom died when I was 18 I had been sexually abused I was divorced single with two kids that was my story that I was telling myself in the world and now I do believe that it's my choice and it's all in my head how I want to live my life so that's what you're saying right that it's just a choice it is a choice yeah I had an incident with my daughter's father. He actually abused my daughter when she was two months old. That led me to where I am today. And during that time, I could have absolutely just went into a depression. And during that time, there was an investigation. So my daughter was ripped away from me by like social services and all, CPS and all that stuff. And during that time, yeah, I could have definitely gone into a depression and it was the hardest time in my life. And I decided to be the bigger person in this mm -hmm. because my daughter needs me to be the bigger person. I'm not going to go into a cave and bawl my eyes out and then blame the world for everything because everything is our responsibility. You can take responsibility for anything, even in that situation. Yeah. I was staying overly calm during that situation. And apparently that's not normal. Apparently I was supposed to be angry or I was supposed to be sad. So they said, oh, well, you minimize the situation. Oh. And so I take full responsibility for the way I reacted. And I'm proud of the way I reacted. <laughs> that's what changed for me. About 12 years ago, I met with this lady I had lent this guy all of my savings. And every day for a year, I woke up pissed off. The first thing I thought of was this asshole who didn't pay me back. And it was like $10,000. Anyway, I went to see this lady and of course, was telling her my story and feeling all righteous and how dare he. And she said, did he hold a gun to your head? And I was so taken aback and then realized, luckily, that I had to take responsibility because I knew the kind of guy he was. Taking responsibility for that led to taking responsibility for all the choices I had made, every choice, whether they were what I was proud of or not, but taking responsibility that led me to that moment to lend all of my money to this idiot. It was up to me. Going forward, I know I'm to take responsibility for all of my choices. 
Well, and here's the thing about what you just said is if you're staying in a negative attitude, you have some negative lenses on, like you're wearing eyeglasses, you have negative lenses on. So having those negative lenses on, that leads you to making bad decisions. Right. So you make one bad decision. Okay. But what happens when you make five years of those bad decisions for 20 years? It just piles on and then that becomes your life. And those bad decisions came from those negative lenses. So what if you decide to put on those positive lenses? Where will your life be? Right. I don't want to waste a minute. My mom passed away when she was 46 and I'm almost 55. Every day is a true blessing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's huge right there. And the fact that we don't have as much time as we think we do any moment can change our lives. My daughter, when she was in the hospital during that situation, the neurologist came in and he told me she's not going to make it if her seizures continued, her brain is turning to smush. And at that moment, even though it wasn't my life that was on the line, it was seeing someone else's life on the line that led me to go, oh my gosh, just yesterday she was okay. And now she's in this position and that can happen to any one of us. Absolutely. An episode that will air next weekend. Her husband is dying. He's 57. I know somebody whose husband just died. He was 54. I'm okay with death. I volunteer photograph for an organization, children who are stillborn or about to be taken off life support. I photographed a 17 year old who has life threatening leukemia. But witnessing all of that makes me just appreciate every moment. It's not weighing me down and it's not ruining my life. It's enriching my life. Wow. What made you get into that? That is the funniest question ever because I felt like I involuntarily volunteered. I can't believe I volunteered. I saw a post asking if there was anybody willing to do that, to photograph on a volunteer basis, these life-threatening situations and 100% of me was like, hell no. And yet I was saying yes. (laughs) I didn't think I was capable. I remember my mother and my father both used hospice. And I remember thinking these people are the most wonderful people in the world, how they can be with death. They can help people through these hard moments. And I was like, that is not me. And somehow it is me. And I feel so honored to be able to do that. Isn't that the fun part of life though? Mm -hmm. Is these adventures that we didn't think that we were going to be able to do or even have the opportunity to do. And then, wow, this has bloomed into something so beautiful. What is your daughter's prognosis? What does her life look like going forward? We don't know. Mm -hmm. Nobody truly knows because when she was six months old, I met up with a neurosurgeon and he says she's going to be a vegetable for the rest of her life. She'll never have a personality. She won't be able to do anything. She won't have the use of her arms, legs, and she'll just be there. And she's not. (laughs) She has a huge personality. She's starting to use her hands. She can walk in a, what they call a gait trainer, which is like a walker type thing. And she likes to explore the world and she definitely has her own opinions. I love that. I don't know what the future holds for her, but she is a happy child. She's nonverbal as well. Yeah. So she doesn't speak like we do. She'll say little words here and there. Sometimes 
a couple words will come out. I have this clip on social media of her saying, it's so hot <laughs> and high or diaper every once in a while. Is there a message you have for others? I want people to know that no matter where they are in life right now, whether they're in a state of depression, they're angry all the time, they're in a neutral state where they just don't know where to go, but they're just kind of in la-la land, or maybe they're even happy. There's always another level that they can get to. And it starts with them taking 100% responsibility for what they do putting on those positive lenses and changing their story. Mm -hmm. I used to think I can't change my story because it happened. It's the facts. I was sexually abused. How can I change that story? Well, now I know that I can change the way I look at it. And so how do you help people who are in the, I can't change the story. The story happened. Do you have people that say that? Of course, of course, because it's, become a part of them. Mm -hmm. It becomes a part of their identity. For example, my health issues, I stopped actually telling people about it because every time you tell someone about it, you're reliving it. I see. Your brain doesn't know the difference between past, present, and future. So if you're consistently telling your past stories, your brain goes, well, it's still happening. So uh -huh. I'm going to put you in this state. It's probably a negative state. I'm going to put you back into this negative state because that's what I am correlating to the story. So sometimes it's not that you're not talking about it because that is a part of who you are, but you're talking about it in a sense that it is in the past and what you've learned from it instead of what you are from it. Exactly. Yeah, that's so good. I love that I wear rose colored glasses and that I choose to be naive about things. I think that's okay. I think it's just a choice. I love that because it's so true. It's how you choose to see it. It's not that you're being naive. Right. It actually, it's kind of good to be naive sometimes because then it leads you to adventures. I love that. This has been a lovely conversation and I really appreciate your positive attitude. And I wish that for everybody. I agree. And unfortunately, not everyone's going to get there and do the work because it is deliberately getting out of your comfort zone and it feels like death sometimes but it all ends in goodness so i hope that there are more people out there that are willing to go through the hard part to get to the easy part thank you for joining us for this week's episode of see beneath you beautiful hosted by hara allison and thanks for your ratings and reviews we'll be back next week with a new episode Stay tuned.